The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the lost to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. I'm Nathan. And I'm Charlie. We're your hosts for today. And we're continuing this mini-series on things the Bible never said. And boy, this week's one is fiery. The devil made me do it. Anyway, we're going to dive into that pretty soon, but we've invited a guest, Paul Epperson, to join us. Man, Paul, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Appreciate you a ton. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Love yep. Well, uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Paul, of course. My wife's name is Natalie. We've been married almost 17 years, and we've That's got longer than I've been alive. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and we got five kids. Yeah, you heard that right. Five kids that I know of, and you never know. Uh, also, we, if you hear chipmunks in the background, that's what you hear. Um, but uh, I work with Forge uh, Kingdom Building Ministries. I have the privilege of working with Charlie and Nathan. Uh, I travel with them, speak uh, all over the country, and I also help direct a, uh, our, our college and young adult uh, equipping ministry, the experience, which is currently under a name change uh, moving forward. So that's a little bit about me. But I, hey, can I say this real quick? You guys, I'm going to tell you something. The, uh, you are such an example to anybody that's, that's going to listen to this, and it has been listening, because it's just two ordinary guys who take Jesus seriously at his word and pray and just go for it. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate you guys doing that. Well, praise Amen. the Lord. We're really thankful to just be ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> I do want a little extraordinary to bubble out once in a while in what we do, but that's all the Lord. So, uh, Man, he gives all that extra stuff in there. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, devil made me do it. What does that even mean, Paul? What do you think about that? Well, I actually, I, I'm going to throw a little wrench in the, in the thing. The thing is the Bible never said, I actually think it's, it's a little wrong on this one because it's in the Bible, right? You can go all the way back to Genesis 3. This phrase is in the Bible, but it's used totally wrong. So when sin comes into the world and Eve listens to Satan, right? she listens to that and says the voice of God, she takes her the fruit. Maybe it's an apple. Maybe it's a seedless watermelon. I don't know. If it was watermelon, I might be more tempted, just saying. But So she takes that, she eats it, and then she gives it to Adam, who's right there. You know, he eats the, the fruit, and then he sins, whatever. But uh, that when God comes to the scene, it's interesting because he goes straight to Adam. Now, I love this because it's, he, he comes in and he goes, where are you? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm naked. I'm hiding over here. And he said, well, who told you you were naked? Did you eat that fruit I told you not to? And he goes, that woman made me do it. Now, there's the one we could use, guys, just throwing that out there. Uh, that woman made me do it. And then all of a sudden, Eve goes, the devil made me do it. So, so are, you saying if we want, are you saying if we want good marriages, we should not follow the example in this passage? Or I think we'll listen to the Bible. I agree with you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Is my wife listening right now? Hey, honey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I think the idea, though, is what Eve is doing is, is that she's really just trying to, to, to throw off the fact that she made a mistake, right? And, and this, this could be a little crazy. Y'all could, y'all could bring me back in because you guys are brilliant when it comes to God's word. I actually think both of them, Adam and Eve, when Eve goes, the devil made me do it, and Adam goes, that woman made me do it, I think it's all an excuse to blame God. Mm. I think it's all an excuse to go, God, you didn't do something right. 
you, you gave me that woman, Adam says. Eve's going, well, you let Satan come into the garden. He was with you the whole time. He's now he's down here. So I think underneath it, it's not just a self-justification like, oh, man, I don't want to own up to my own sin. I think it's part of it. I think they're actually saying, Lord, you did this. It's your fault. And that would not be the only time that humans have ever said something like that. I was just having a conversation last week where someone was asking me, so how do you explain God letting Satan be in the garden? Like that, it, how fascinating is yeah. that? That is a question that has continued for 6,000 plus years. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I literally was just talking with a young guy too, who'd been going through some difficulties and he's going, man, why, why would, like, why would God want, like, why would he give this to me? Like, why is God doing this? And I'm going, man, yeah, he's allowing this, but there's a bigger picture here that you need to see. And yeah. so that's good. I think a lot of it, like, I think I got, I told you I got five kids and I would ask the question, this is just along with this. I would ask people like, look, do you think I'm a good parent? And if you watch me parent, that might be in question. I don't know. But I, do, <laughs> I can always say, do you believe I love my kids? Absolutely. But I always say, do you, do you think I'm a, I'm a terrible parent? Like, do you question the fact that I should ever have had kids? Most people that know me say no, right? That you're a good parent. We know that. And I always say, well, you know, it's kind of a terrible statement because if you're saying that about me and you're trusting me as a parent, I knew my kids were going to be born sinful. I knew that my kids ahead of time were going to be born destined for hell if, they did, if something didn't happen. Yeah. I knew they were going to embarrass me like the other day. I knew they were going to do all those things. And yet I still, in my love, chose to have them, mm. right? So my, my thing would be, then if you don't think me, I'm a bad parent, then how much more should you look at God and give him the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt? Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's my love that, that brought them forth and it's my love that'll carry them forward. I believe that God in that garden long before looked to the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Right. It's his love that can drive these decisions, drive those choices and go, Hey, it's a big risk. Yes. But I'm looking to the cross mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So ultimately I, I guess the the next question is, is Satan able to actually manipulate us into doing, or is he able to cause us to do something? Is is that even yeah. possible? Is it true? Could he do yeah. that? Go ahead. Yeah, could he do it? Yeah, no, I, I do think that absolutely the Bible talks about Satan being a tempter, a deceiver, a father of lies. And I think he's got, he's got the, the given authority to be able to tempt, to try and deceive. He did it in the garden. Right. Yeah. He's done it to all of us, all of Adam and Eve's offspring since then. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, James one though says that, that when you're tempted, you're tempted by what's your own evil desire. And then you're drawn away, dragged away, enticed. That's that, that's that Satan term there enticed. And then eventually you give birth, you sin, you give birth to death. And I mean, I'd say, yes, I think that the enemy has absolute um, power that is, that is kind of given, so to speak. He has that to do that, but it doesn't nullify choice. Yeah. Right? Okay. Think about it. think of Cain and Abel. First kid right after the fall. Sins in the DNA now. He's born into sin, so to speak, like that. When when he goes and wants to kill his brother and have a game of rock ball, right? That's the first game of rock ball ever invented. Now called baseball, but that's beside the point. Um, and he's out there. What is, what does the Lord tell him? He doesn't say, "Hey, Satan's crouching at you. The devil's going to make you try to do." It. He doesn't. He says, "Hey, Cain, your sin, sin is crouching at the door, and it wants to master you." Yeah, I think that's really important that, that there is a temptation there to give in, to listen to the enemy's voice instead of the voice of God. What, what, yeah. ha, here's a story that, that my mind is drawn to just to mix things up and make the conversation interesting. Uh, in the Gospels, there's a man with a legion of demons. Not to say the conversation wasn't already interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
bring in the, the other side. Couldn't we say, <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious, we guys think about this, the man with the legion of demons. So uh, Jesus shows up with his disciples on the other side of the lake, and all of a sudden this man shows up, a legion of demons. I don't know, that's more than one or two. I mean, that's like a whole army of demons. We it. are many. Yes. So he shows up, says he's breaking chains. He's, he's cutting himself with rocks. So we talk about self-harm. Uh, he, he's screaming out, ah! I don't know what he sounded like, probably different than that. But, uh, man, this guy, uh, man, couldn't he say the devil made me do it? I'm, I'm wondering. Let's talk about his life. Yeah, that's great, man. I, I love that. It's a great, great thing to bring up. I had that down, too, to kind of think through it because I, I do think, without a shadow of a doubt, there's, there's the idea of demon possession. And I know that's under uh, scrutiny of what that looks like, right, of how, that, how much that looks. So I, I think, without a shadow of a doubt, there is a lot more um, a, a room for, for the enemy to work for, in places where people are, are either knowingly or unknowingly inviting him in to do that. Right. It's just like if you invite a guest into your home, you could say, hey, you can go eat the food out of my fridge. Well, that gives him a little a little bit more leeway. Hey, you can uh, now you can sleep in my guest room. Right. And it gives him a little more leeway. You can use the bathroom. Right. And it gives him more of a, of a stake in my own house. And I think yeah. that probably could potentially be an idea in Mark five. But I will say this, that the whole focus of Mark five fades really quickly from the devil is in him, uh, made him do it, whatever. To the fact that that Jesus is all powerful and that no, no longer becomes the issue, right? Everyone at the beginning is focusing on what the devil or what this guy is allowing or happening. He's strong, he's big, and at the end, he's he's sane in his right mind because he's encountered the God who came to destroy the works of Satan yeah. and forgive his sins. You know? I think there's a a key verse that when I think about this that Paul writes in Ephesians: Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and in doing so, give the devil a foothold. What's a foothold? It's, it's, it's literally in the Greek, it's a, it's topos. It's like topography on a map. It's land. It's, uh, I think about climbing a rock wall, a foothold, a place to move upward and forward, a place of influence. And so when we, in our choice, allow ourselves to say, Hey, the anger, my anger is going to continue past this day. I'm not going to forgive these people. I'm going to hold on to my bitterness. I'm going to walk in this simple way of hatred then, man, we just gave an open door for the enemy to influence our life to speak lies. And so I think that's the, 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 uh, the line here is we can allow the enemy influence as he speaks lies. We can leave places where he could get a foothold in our lives um, by what we do or don't do um, as we walk in sin, as we walk in unforgiveness. Um, and that could happen. but we have that ability to say, no, that's not going to be the reality in my life. And uh, it's, it's maybe not a forcing, but an influence issue, I think. So the devil didn't force me to do it. He influenced me to do it. That's great. That's a, that's a good way to put that, Charlie, that there is a, a great influence in that whole idea. That's very good. Yeah, good way to put that. And I think that I, I think the next logical step that we have to take is, so if the devil can't or or if the devil has this ability to tempt but we still have a choice like what what tools do we have at our disposal to 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 kind of come against that temptation of the enemy attack of the enemy whatever phraseology you want to use and i think that i think we got to look at at jesus and what he did right 
uh, as Jesus is being tempted right after his baptism, Luke chapter four, I think it's in all four gospels. I might be mistaken. Definitely the three synoptics. Jesus gets tempted and uh, Satan takes him out. The, it, you know, the Bible says this. And then Jesus says, no, 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 no. The word of God says this. And ultimately, I think that it's the word of God. It's the authority of Jesus. That's where we gain the ability to overcome the attack of the enemy. Not, not, not some, I don't know, not some deep thing within ourselves, not, not our own strength, but, but by the, the word of truth and, and Jesus. Yeah, I see uh, uh, power in the word of God. Um, I think, man, if you feel like the enemy's coming after you, tempting you, speaking lies to you, open up the Bible and read it out loud. And that's a powerful tool. I think praise, start singing worship and praise to God. Um, we see that in the Old Testament uh, with uh, King uh, Saul and David, when it says Saul was overtaken by an evil spirit and wanted to spear David, he would he'd play the harp and play praise to God. And all of a sudden it says the evil spirit would flee. And uh, so we've got the word, we've got praise. Um, I, I think of another tool, the name of Jesus out loud. Um, we see throughout the New Testament, the disciples continually command evil spirits to flee by saying out loud, in the name of Jesus Christ, go. And so we can pray and praise out loud, the word out loud, uh, Jesus out loud. Now, why, why do I keep saying out loud? Uh, that's a key thing. Um, I am by no means a master of the spiritual realm. <laughs> I know one master of the spiritual realm, uh, but I, I just... Uh, I am not one, um, but what I have seen is out loud is a key factor that the spirit of God is in us and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But he who is in the world, I don't think he's in us uh, as believers. He, he, it's not like he's a mind reader. Um, he may know how we're wired and tempt us, but there's something about out loud rather than kind of a wimpy, well, I'm just going to pray silently in my head. Uh, no, man, we're going to war. Let's get after it. Let's proclaim this out loud. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I love that, Charlie and Nathan. I, I think, too, like, you know, I always wonder, like, why in the book of Acts do you see, like, Jesus' command is to, like you said, to have the gospel, to have the good news about Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, those facts, you know, those, those are realities on the lips. That's what they were saying. They were saying that he's alive, right? I mean, that, that's what the whole idea of the church was built on, that confession, you know? And I think it's, like you guys are saying, I think it's because, and this is a proclamation. You know, this is this is a victory. This, the good news is a, a rider's coming in from battle and proclaiming, yeah. hey, the war's over, victory's won. And I think that, that the, and I, and I'll give it this way. The other day, my, my wife, and she, she's so great. She has no problem calling me on my jump. Um, <laughs> I realized that I had stopped bragging about her publicly from the stage. Because I do it a lot, right? And, uh, and you know what she said? She goes, when, when you're not publicly bragging about me, it's almost like your love for me is waning. Mm. And it hit me. I mean, I mean she was right. Because to her, I wasn't showing that love the way that, that I'd used to show it, to show it to her. And I realized something. It's the same way with the gospel. Yes. It's constantly on my lips. It's not constantly out loud. I don't have to understand everything right now. Right? I don't. I don't understand everything. I've been following Jesus for 20 years. I don't... <laughs> But, but, I, but the idea of having Jesus on your lips, Hebrews 13, the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Hey, he forgives sins, whatever that looks like. He's alive. He can do it for you. You know, he's destroyed the works of the enemy. 
like y'all were talking about, there's something about that, that that continues to grow that love inside of you. Christ grows in your heart through faith. And our focus no longer on the devil made me do it. The adversary made me do it. But it is on my advocate, right? It is on the one who stands between me and the Father, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that is really important, the tools that we have. And it's the gospel, it's the good news. I think that's key. And, and I noticed something about all those tools is it moves our eyes toward him toward Jesus. Uh, it's man, we're going toward him and his strength and his power in our, in our midst. Um, I, man, I have in my head multiple scenarios where I have had attacks of the enemy happen. And those tools, as I moved toward my eyes toward Jesus, not my scenario, not my circumstances, not my feelings, everything changed. Uh, I remember a couple of those. Um, one of which I was with a group of students and uh, it seemed like some attack of the enemy was happening. Um, one of the volunteer leaders came up to me and said, Hey, uh, one of the students is kind of freaking out. Like, I think the enemy is attacking them. Like they're really, they, they're so afraid. There's just something's going on. Can you help us out? And I'm like, Hey, hold on. I'll be there. And we happen to be out camping. And so I went back, I had to get something and then go back to where the students were. And I was walking through the woods alone, uh, in the dark, and I know that sounds pretty scary for some people, but I, I didn't really mind. I mean, I, I do get afraid of stuff, but something hit me like a different kind of fear, uh, much deeper and, and stronger. I mean, head to toe, like wham, I was just like shaking in fear. I said, what on the earth is that? And it felt like a, a demonic attack. And I just said, nope, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And I started, I felt prompt. I started singing praise out loud, just making up a song, singing the name of Jesus immediately filled with peace and just went back able to pray and help those, those students. Uh, another time we were on a mission field, uh, reaching out to the Hods Bay, this, this formerly unreached tribe in East Africa. And my wife was with me and we're sleeping in a tent at night and her, she has extreme stomach pain. I mean, extreme, like I'm going, Hey, what's your pain? Nine out of 10. And I'm going, man, we're in the middle of nowhere. Lord, um, what should I do as a husband? I feel kind of helpless here. Okay, I don't. I, what am I gonna like do surgery here? In the, like, what can I do? And I felt like uh, he was like, "Hey, just read the Bible." Like, okay. So several hours into the night, I just opened up, started reading the Psalms out loud. And uh, the next morning, my wife told me, "Man, every time you read the scriptures, my pain dropped to like a two out of ten. It's just like." I felt like the enemy was coming against what, what God wanted here. And, uh, guys, I know this is weird. I don't even know how to explain that. Like I'm not a master of the spiritual realm that goes on the, the battle that we fight, not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places in the spiritual realm. But, uh, something was going on and the word of God made a difference. And she said, I was able to sleep and be at peace whenever you were reading God's word mm-hmm. out loud. And, uh, it, I think, Man, our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our lips were drawn to Jesus as we did that. That's good. Yeah. So I think, go ahead, Nathan. Uh, Yeah, I was just going to kind of bring us to a close. But if you have something you want to add. No, I was just thinking like, so yeah, it's like the the devil made me do it. Can we claim that? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. You know, but can we claim that, hey, Jesus has paid it all and done it? Yes. Right. To to bring us back to himself, to give us life. Absolutely. Amen. There you go. And, and hey, uh, we're not negating that the, the enemy can influence. So 
Um, but that, that just is a key piece of even more importance for us to be fixing our eyes on Jesus and walking rightfully in the ways that he has us to walk. But just remember that passage in James chapter one, let no yes. one say when he's being tempted, I'm being tempted by God for God cannot tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own evil desire. Desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and fit sin when it is fully grown, sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. So just, uh, can't can't point can't point at God can't point at the enemy it's our own evil desires and uh just uh thankfully you're in charge of your own desires <laughs> yeah, and and the good news is if if the devil didn't make me do it he tempted me to do it and if if I am the issue and I'm the problem then Jesus came to forgive sins and we've got a lot of hope so, amen man. eyes on Jesus all right. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for joining us. It was awesome having you with us today. Uh, what is a great way for them to our audience uh, to get to uh, contact you if they're interested? Yeah, you can uh, you can go to, on the website forgeford.org, and uh, of course the numbers are there. You can contact Forge, uh, email. All those things are on the website uh, forgeford.org. And we, I, Charlie, Nathan, any of us would be more than happy to uh, to come and and uh, spend some time with you and watch what God wants to do. So, sweet, amen. Well, thank you guys for joining this episode of Fuel for the Harvest. God bless you, and let's get after it with the hope of Christ.